everyone! This is 30 Day Trek. I'm your host, Luke Cannon, and in this episode, we are covering the fourth episode of the first season of Star Trek Lower Decks, Moist Vessel. And rather than recount the plot myself, I'm going to let one of the characters do that for me. Stardate 57538.9. The Cerritos is working alongside the USS Merced in the relocation of an ancient generation ship, which, due to some unknown calamity, never reached its destination. Her crew, adrift for centuries, mummified in disabled cryo-units. Their most precious cargo, mysterious containers of molecular fluid which generates life from inorganic material. We suspect they plan to use it on a dead planet to create a habitable environment they could call home. The Merced is here to ensure the generation ship is preserved during transportation, and I want everyone to give them full support. Captain Durango and I both served on the Illinois many years ago, and it is a true delight to be able to work with him again. <sighs> Trouble sleeping, Ensign? Nah, I slept great. I mean, maybe too good, honestly. Just distribute the pads. Starfleet believes this alien vessel is equipped with unique terraforming technology, an elemental fluid which can transform inert matter into a living ecosystem. Towing it will be a delicate procedure. Even the slightest flux in tractor beam stabilization could damage... Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. It is just so much information. I don't know how you guys aren't yawning. <laughs> Your crew doesn't appear to appreciate the gravity of our undertaking, Captain. I assure you, Captain, my people are the best in the fleet. They're proficient, alert, and... Uh, <sighs> mariner! I am trying to hold it. <sighs> I'm just gonna say this right now. I love Lower Decks, so much so that earlier this year, I did an episode on the first season on my main podcast, Ramblings of a Guy from Regina 2.0, so if you want me to go into more detail on that season, listen to that episode. But just to reiterate what I said over there here, when this series was announced, I was genuinely excited for it. As I've said before, Star Trek has always been this great storytelling engine that, if the showrunner and writers and everyone involved keeps to the core of the franchise's philosophy, then they can tell all types of stories and mix things up genre-wise. And Lower Decks was an opportunity to not only make the first official comedy of the franchise, but to return once again to the medium of animation, where they can tell stories that even the modern-day Trek series can't do with their increased budgets. And with the sophistication of modern-day animation, Lower Decks can go further than TAS ever did with their extremely limited budgets. Although I would love it if they did an episode in the style of Filmation, which was an animation studio that made Hanna-Barbera look like Studio Ghibli. As much of a love letter this is to the next generation, I love that they've been incorporating aliens and elements that were only in the animated series, which for the longest time had this nebulous relationship with the rest of the franchise. But with Lower Decks taking one-off aliens that were only in the animated series, such as the Edosians, the Xinti, and the Pandronians, it helps to legitimize it within the canon of Star Trek. But to get back to Moist Vessel, this was my first favorite episode of the season. After the first three episodes where the series was trying to find the right balance of plot, humor, character, and references, this was when I felt that the show had finally found its groove. From the pre credit scene of Mariner yawning through the briefing meeting, which, to be fair, Captain Orango was repeating info we already knew, to delving into the complex dynamic between Freeman and Mariner as mother and daughter, to the confirmation of what we all assumed the holiday 
deck was used for, to the hilarious horror of Beckett's new lieutenant status and Brad trying to be the bad boy in an attempt to emulate what he thought Beckett did to get promoted, to Tendi's subplot of screwing up a crew member's ascension and trying to make it right, to the action-packed third act of the ship being accidentally terraformed, to the introduction of the Admiral who pronounces censors as sense-ors and the payoff of that, I got the sense that the series had finally clicked into place, that the humor didn't rely on listing off references like in the previous episodes, but was more organic and came from the characters themselves. And Mariner and Freeman's back and forth and how their character exploration tied into the plot shows how intricately constructed the series is. From a narrative and character perspective, this is my shit. I also love the B-plot of Tendi as she screws up the ascension of an ensign named O'Connor as he was seemingly on the verge of becoming a being of pure energy. And every attempt to make it up to him and get him back on track only made him more annoyed at her, which only made her more obsessed. And when she admits that her trying to get O'Connor to ascend was less about him and more about her OCD obsession of someone not liking her, I connected with her a lot in that moment because that's exactly how I am. I have anxiety and OCD, and it too drives me nuts when I feel like I've said something wrong or stupid, and I think the other person hates me or is pissed off at me when, in fact, they haven't even given me a second thought. And the resolution of that plotline was another favorite moment of mine from the season where, as O'Connor finally begins to transform into pure energy, it's not the seamless transition into an angelic being like John Doe in Transfigurations or Kess in The Gift, but an incredible incredibly painful process that comes with the reveal that the universe is balanced on the back of a giant koala, which is no doubt a nod to the late Terry Pratchett's Discworld series of books, where the Discworld is balanced on the backs of four elephants, who in turn are on the back of a turtle. And while I know the scene was played for laughs, I have to say, as someone who's been in therapy for the last five years and is constantly re-examining myself and who I am, O'Connor's ascension being incredibly painful was spot on. I also want to point out the visual language of the series with this episode. Not only does Lower Decks recreate the look of TNG in its aesthetics with the uniforms and the L card displays, but also with the cinematography. When one rewatches TNG, one notices a lot of rack focuses in which a shot starts in focus on a character in the foreground saying their line and then shifts focus to another character saying their line in either the midground or background. It's something that most shows nowadays don't do due to digital photography and fast editing to multiple angles, but Lower Decks continues that tradition in that we have tons of rack focuses throughout the series. And the promotion scene in particular has triple rack focuses, and when they're discussing what kind of chairs they want in the conference room, the scene focuses entirely on Mariner's face as the life drains out of her as she sees what she's in store for now that she's a lieutenant. When you see how well the visual language of the series is throughout the smallest detail, one appreciates how well-crafted the series is even more. I don't have too much more to say about this episode since, like I said, I feel that this was when the series found its groove. I think the only thing I can add is that I liked guest star Haley Joel Osment as O'Connor. I love that at this point in his career, he's become the big name guest star that pops up on all the cool comedies like Silicon Valley, What We Do in the Shadows, Future Men, and The Kaminsky Method. And here, he bounces off Noelle Wells, who was the only cast member I knew going in from her short stint on SNL and Master of None, incredibly well. 
I'm going to wrap up here since there's only so many ways that I can say this episode is awesome. If anyone was unsure about how an animated comedy set in Star Trek universe would work, this is the episode that showed that it could. But oddly enough, this is not my favorite episode of the first season. Join me tomorrow when we look at another first season episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. If this was the episode where the show found its groove, the next episode I'm covering is when the show was firing on all cylinders. Live long and prosper, and also, live well.